Hi, everybody. I'm Larry Little, and you're listening to Crossing the Line, my podcast where I talk with people about the moments in their life when they cross the line from leading with their head to leading with their heart and from leading with their heart to leading with their head. Today on the show, I'm having a conversation with Sonny Kalea. He is an incredible leader. Uh, he is originally from India, who now resides in New Jersey and has an amazing story. Uh, Sonny sees opportunities where others see hurdles, and he isn't afraid to embrace thoughtful risk when it comes time to take that leap of faith, and you'll hear him talk about that in today's podcast. He leads now a global company with nearly 500 employees servicing all types of companies in the IT world. He's transparent. He's sincere. Uh, in fact, in 2013, he won the Humanitarian Award from uh, the Kidney Urology Foundation of America. But Sonny is just a great guy, and he has an incredible story. You, you want to hear a story, how he, how he came from India with, with really nothing and made his way up to where he is today as this, this powerful, incredible leader. But more than that, how in the world he did that and maintained his heart for leading, his heart for people. Uh, even though he is incredibly brilliant and incredibly driven. So you are in for a treat as we as we jump into this. This will be part one. We're going to break this up again into two, two parts because there's so much good, good, rich material. We're going to learn how did Sonny go from India to driving a taxi and from driving a taxi to becoming a tech CEO executive. You're in for a treat today. Get ready. Let's jump into that conversation right now. Well, I have been looking forward to this. Oh, my goodness. My dear friend, Sonny, thank you for joining us today. Uh, I admire you. I have watched your leadership. I've watched how you lead for years. Quite an amazing man. Thank you for taking the time. I know you're swamped. I know things are going on all around you and meetings and those kinds of things. And you have chosen to give us some of your time here at Crossing the Line. Thank you for that. And welcome to Crossing the Line. Thank you for having me, Larry. Thank you. Well, let's do this, Sonny. I want people to get to know you. And so uh, today, let's take just a few minutes and let's go back. Let's go back and tell us about who you are, where you were from. And if you don't mind, um, start in your childhood. Where did you grow up? Tell me, uh, what was it like in your home? Tell me about your parents and tell me what it was like growing up for Sonny. Yeah, sure. Uh, so thank you, Larry. Um, yeah, I was born uh, in a village in India, which was close to New Delhi. And I was a farm uh, in a farm fam a farming family. So I was a farm boy <laughs> growing up, wow. uh, going to the fields with my grandfather, just helping him out at, at the farm. Uh, we had cows and buffaloes and goats and <laughs> just I loved helping my grandfather uh, at our farm uh, at the farm and I really enjoyed it and yeah so that's where I grew up and I finished my high school in India uh, in a high school close to my village in India and then I moved to uh, New, uh, Jersey City uh, the New York City metro area so it was a direct flight 
Wow. I didn't even go to a close like big city and a village boy landing here in probably one of the biggest and, and most happening city on this earth. So I landed here in Jersey City and I started my American journey uh, after my 12th uh, in India. And that's where my American dream started. <laughs> so I want to take you back. We're going to get there as you came to America after your 12th. I guess that's your 12th year in high school. Is that right? Yeah, we'll get there. But I want us to go back. Uh, go, go, let's go back to the farm. Now, look, the first question I have is you said you have you had cows. Do, do you know how to milk a cow? Yeah. I, <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, that is awesome. So it was, it was manual farming. So even like using uh, animals to really run because you know, there, were, there was no tractor or no machinery. Uh, back in the days in a village in India and especially our family. Uh, so it was more of uh, really having fun, uh, you know, doing kind of uh, farming, but manual farming. So a lot of like, you know, just a lot, lot of uh, labor work. So did you have siblings? Yeah. So I have a younger uh, sister and brother. Uh, so we had three. So you were the oldest in, in the family. Yes, I was the oldest in the family. Talk to us about your dad and mom in India. What was it like, um, just a day in the life of Sonny growing up? Let's say you're eight years old. Help us, take us, to, take us back to your life at that time. Yeah, so it was me. Uh, so my father, uh, he was in, a, uh, in Punjab police, which is the local like, state. And my mother, uh, she was like just helping at the farm uh, with my grandparents. So it was me uh, kind of going to school in the day, in the evening, come back. And I had a routine at the farm where I had to kind of uh, feed uh, grass, first of all, go out there and kind of collect it and then take it to cows. And it was really my, my grandfather assigned me these evening duties then that I had to perform every day, seven days a week. Really? So, yeah. So, uh, so it was a six-day uh, school in India. So Saturday, Saturday is, is, is like, you know, early. Uh, so it's a half day. So every single day coming from school and going to the farm and helping for at least two to three hours every single day, starting my sixth grade. Okay. I, I can't do anything about it. Here it is again. It's that theme with every leader that has really accomplished anything and that is that she or he that they were taught to work they were taught about hard work here it comes with sunny as well listen so what did that teach you sunny about work and work ethic how did that impact who you are today i'm just curious I think one, just to kind of uh, growing up in nature, it was like, you know, uh, being close to uh, and being a person of faith and mm -hmm. that nature, like, you know, growing up in nature, it just, and, and growing up in a family, which was very loving and caring. And it was more, uh, I think at the farm, one thing that I can relate to is it was very like close to nature and that, you know, so that was one. And overall, just kind of having that routine in the evening and, 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 and that hard work, 
So it was really kind of uh, practicing that hard work muscle, that that ethic in the beginning, that hard work mm. ethic that for anything for you to do, there is no substitute for hard work. And that that came from my grandfather assigning me some duties uh, at the farm to perform every single day. And I was, you know, even in some, you know, some days I didn't want to go there, but at the same time, I didn't, I didn't want to disappoint my grandfather. So I always made sure that I am there to help him. So tell me a bit about your grandfather and what kind of influence and impact he, he made in your life. Yeah, so uh, I, one thing that I learned from him was hard work that, you know, they didn't go to school. Uh, they couldn't even read the local language. Uh, so it was like, you know, they didn't go to school. Mm. And so it was all hard work at the farm and it was 100% raising family with honesty, with hard work, really, you know, with good human beings values. So just have, you know, so one thing that he taught me was just being a good human being and uh, earning your livings with honesty every single day. Wow. What important things that his grandfather taught him. Hard work, um, honesty, being a good person. These are the characteristics that help Sonny to become the person he is today. He had to choose to, to receive them and allow them to, to saturate into who he is. But he did just that, and it didn't make a difference. Wow. So honesty, you told me that, that your dad had helped me to get this right. He worked for the state like a police. Is that what you said? Uh, state police. Yeah. State police. So, so what, how did that affect you, especially growing up as a, as a, you know, young man, as a teenager, you had to, you had to walk the line as we say in the United States or what, I mean, how did that affect you? Yeah, so uh, so uh, it was about 90, 93 when I was in my 11th and 12th. So my father, uh, he was like, you know, he was stationed somewhere, uh, like in a close by um, city that he, he was not coming home every day. And it was mainly my, me and more spending, me spending more time with my grandfather. And my dad, uh, he was good. Again, you see that someone who is working and, and again, earning with honesty. And one thing that, you know, overall, overall my dad taught me was being curious all the time. Mm. So even like when I was there in 11th and 12th, and it was more like, okay, what I'm going to do when I'm going to grow up, what kind of, you know, like going to college, should I, what should I do? He will always kind of uh, seek advice from people around him that if he doesn't know anything, he's going to take me to someone who knows that stuff. So it, it is, it is that. But one thing that really interesting I want to share with you was it was like terrorism time in, in the state that I was growing up in. Like in 90s, there was a lot of uh, terrorist activities there. Oh, this wow. was close to the border. And uh, I know you have been there, like uh, JNK mm -hmm. and Punjab is right a neighboring state and it's like a border, it's a border state with Pakistan. And growing up there, it was a lot of uh, uh, kind of trouble there. And my dad being in police, that, that, that uh, these uh, separatists, they were really kind of, um, you know, it was really uh, not safe growing up in a family where your father is in state police because there was that conflict between wow. these terrorists and, of course, the state police. 
was uh, they were targeting families of state police and that's that's when i had to leave uh, india i mean that was one of the reason why i had to make a decision uh, my family had to make a decision to to kind of just get out of uh, that those troubling times so, oh my goodness for safety so so because of safety you 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 fled or you chose to come to the united states is that right in, yes. in new, new jersey city so i've got to ask how are your parents now are they are they okay are they still there what's going on with that yeah so they are uh, they are with me they are here in new jersey oh they're here okay i love that it's great yeah once i was uh, settled here so i had to uh, help and uh, i started helping from the day one i arrived here kind mm. of really helping my father with the uh, more of uh, financial his financial stability but then i uh, i invited my uh, family so my parents and my brother and my sister they followed me here can you hear that selflessness uh, in sunny's story uh, he came over as a 17 year old uh, worked hard and then brought his entire family over here, giving to them, leading them. It's that servant leadership mentality that really um, defines his leadership throughout his whole life up to this point. Wow, you brought your whole family. Yes, now everyone is here. <laughs> and and now, now, Sonny, you can say pass. You don't have to answer what I'm about to ask you, okay? But I, but I just want to know, as you think back on those times, um, were there times when you actually felt um, like you were in danger or that your dad, obviously, did he, were there times when he feared for his life and feared for, for your life and his family? Every single day, Larry. So from 84 to 93, when I left India, wow. every single day, it was like, you know, I didn't know my dad was going to be there next day. Oh, wow. Same thing with, because he could, he was not home and we were living in our village, but our farm is like right next to the village. And it was like, not even like, you know, houses around us. And it was like that fear that like, you know, every day you kind of go to, go to bed, hoping that you wake up in the morning. Yeah. And it was really, really uh, a bad time uh, there in that, oh. that region. And, and uh, because my dad being not there uh, and my, uh, my grandparents, they were there, but they were old, uh, right? So they were with us, but it was really uh, my father not being there. That sense of uh, safety, security was like, you know, it was crossing my uh, mind every single day. I can't imagine living in that type of environment. And you were the oldest sibling. So yeah. did you feel a sense of responsibility for the family while your dad was gone? Yeah, absolutely. And that was the whole reason I was really helping my grandfather every single day that my father is not there and he needs help. And it's again, you know, like a very average uh, uh, farming family where you don't have too many resources. So you try to do sure things that you can do yourself. So growing up as a teenage boy and, and growing into a young man, you still felt that responsibility. How did you balance going to school and yet taking care of the family? Yeah, so it's, uh, uh, and it's, uh, it's, it's possible. I didn't even feel that I was doing something kind of uh, extraordinary there. Mm. It was like just a routine that I had to do my homework and I had to, even in the morning sometimes, like, you know, it's a 4 a.m. routine. 
my family had and just going to our temple uh, in the morning and then helping my grandfather, especially in the season area when there is like you know, a lot of work going on and even in the morning. So it was just normal routine and normally set, you know, weekend, uh, Sunday, especially with, when you are when, when you have a day off and that's when you catch up with with school work. And uh, yeah, so wow. it, it wasn't that bad. Well, what walk me through a routine, Sonny? What what is a you you said it was just a normal routine? What time did your day start, and generally what time did it end? So my mom used to wake me up at four. That there is a special wow. like uh, the faith uh, in my faith, like getting up and kind of really praying in the morning and starting your day that way. So my mom was big on that. So every uh, every single day. Uh, it was, you know, that that was the routine. My family will wake up. My, my mom is going to wake me up. Uh, we go to the temple. And then if there's something that needs to be done at the farm, I will do that and then be ready to go to school by 8 a.m. because that travel time to a close by school was like close to an hour. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. So so just the morning. We're still in the morning. You get up at four. Yeah. You get ready, go to the temple. Yeah. And then go to school. That's an hour. How do you get to school? Uh, so it was a rickshaw, if you are familiar with the rickshaw. So we used to get on the rickshaw. Yeah, that, that was all the way up to like seventh, eighth grade. Then I had a uh, 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 bike and I used to bike. Uh, and that was a new thing. My dad used to tell me, I used to go to the same school. I used to walk every day. And now you have a bike and you're in a much better shape. And I used to bike and it was about, you know, four or five miles uh, through the road where you could bike. Uh, the, you know, it was like a direct road there. So, uh, yeah, so everyday biking to, to school and then coming back around uh, uh, about 3, 4 uh, p.m. Uh, I used to get home by 4 p.m. Uh, and then uh, kind of having a cup of tea, which my mom will make, and then just start then start helping my grandfather. At the Here we go, right? And after that, it's you got you got you have responsibilities. And I guess, honey, if you're on your bike, you're you're riding four or five miles. If if it's raining, it's just raining, huh? Yeah, yeah, and and roads were not like paved roads, uh, so oh. it's like you know we're talking about nineties in in a suburb in India, very rural area close to the border. You know, I had to ask him again because I thought surely I couldn't be hearing this right, but but he started his day getting up at four a.m. working on the farm, uh, and then going to school and coming back and working some more. Uh, just a just a, a wonderful uh, example of of hard work, but I think more than that of honoring his family and realizing that as the oldest and that his dad was away in a very precarious job, a very threatening job by the terrorist, and yet Sonny um, kept the family going. Uh, it just uh, his leadership started at a really really uh, young age. That's amazing. So. Now let's fast forward a little bit. You're in high school, okay, and you're you're a teenager. What was it like a teenager in the '90s, uh, in in your village and where, where you lived and where you grew up? And then are you still going to school, right? Yep. 
what's it like when you're in your life as a as a teenage as a teenage boy yeah so it was uh, uh, uh like on the weekend you kind of um uh you 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 hang out with your friends uh in the village and it was there were there was there were no electronics or anything even right. electricity was a challenge in the village so forget about those video games and everything else that we do nowadays <laughs> it was more just kind of you know playing volleyball uh I, i'm a big volleyball fan and oh. play, even now I play twice a week, once or twice a week. Even in winters, indoor, we have setups. So that was uh, that was one of my kind of hobby. Uh, that soccer, uh, football, <laughs> we used to call it there. Football, right? Yeah. So it was more playing, just kind of you know, with my friends uh, whenever I get time on, on the weekend. But weekdays, I mean, uh, school days, uh, it was just you know day was packed so there was no time to kind of do anything else uh, and that was starting kind of you know sixth seventh grade uh, yeah okay so so you you made it through you made it through that time in your life now you're you're finishing school it's you know you're in 12th and it's coming to an end yeah how did you make the decision to go to to uh first of all the states and second of all new jersey city how, how did you help me to know how did how that process came about? Yeah, very interesting process. So one, that fear of terrorism and that, you know, like kind of safety uh, issue, uh, that was one thing that was driving my parents uh, nuts. And uh, then, uh, so 11, 12, I took bio. So I wanted to be a doctor. Oh. Yeah, and I wanted to be a doctor. So in the 12th, uh, like here, you will go to kind of, you know, the process to go to a medical college there. In the state that I'm from, there were only two medical colleges uh, and uh, but uh, uh, overall India's population is very, it's like over 1 billion people. Right. So getting into a medical college is, is a very, uh, very, very highly competitive, and especially when you don't have access to quality education in high school, then it becomes a bigger challenge. So I was not able to get into medical college. But at that time, there were like two, three options. You kind of, uh, they call it like donation, like you paid donation to get into medical college, and then they bump you up, <laughs> the, the, probably top of the line there. So that was one, my family didn't have money to do that. And the second was at that time, a lot of people were going to Russia to go for medical college even there. So even though I, I got admission or acceptance letter from Leningrad, that is like St. Petersburg in Russia, a mm -hmm. uh, lot of uh, kids were going there for medical. So I got a, uh, uh, acceptance there, uh, but wow. again, money was an issue, budget was an issue, gotcha. so I couldn't go there. Gotcha. And the third option was a lot of uh, village boys at that time, they were coming to America to do blue collar, like from villages, and right. you know, just uh, uh, explore that American dream. So those were three options and I didn't know what to do. And my father is like, you know, it's, you can, you know, you decide what you want to do. I'm like, I really want to be a doctor, but I can't now I have to stay here for another year and kind of prep for medical college exams. Right. And I, so what I did was again, that, that faith, I wrote down uh, medical college in India another year, try 
I wrote down the second piece was Russia, that if my father can get loan or something from somewhere. And the third one was uh, labor in America. And so doctor in India, doctor in Russia and labor, uh, labor job in America. Uh, because coming here without college education was like, you know, and, and that was, so I went to my temple and I did my pray and I'm like, mm. whatever I'm going to pick up, that is my destiny. And when I picked up, even though, do, you know, going for labor in America was my least, like, you know, that's the, I, I did not four. want to pick that up. You're right. <laughs> but it happened to be that one. And then I'm like, you know, I was kind of that little bit, a little bit disappointed at that time now that I kind of lost my entire my life dream to be a doctor mm. and but then at the same time it was more like you know that question uh, that that is uh, that is okay do you want to really do this right but it was I really really wanted to be a doctor one way or another so then I'm like you know it's a commitment that's what I prayed for this and I just probably don't know what God knows and mm. I'm gonna follow this direction. Mm. And so that's when I told my father, I'm like, you know, can you let me know, work with me that I want to go to America. So then my father uh, started working on, uh, I mean, working on that, like how I can come here. And that's uh, where I came here. And with, the, and with, with that kind of really, uh, roadmap there that I'm going to go to America, do some something there, make some dollars and send some money back home and then spend there three, four years. My family will be good. Then I come back and then I will do something back here, some kind of business. I will bring money from there and then I will do some business there. Wow. So that was the plan. That was the plan. <laughs> and you were how old? How old were you? I was 17 and a half. 17. <laughs> All right, let me get this 17 years old. You're coming from India to America. Yeah. You're going to work, you're going to make money, send it back to your family for two or three years, three or four. Then you're going to go back there and start a business or something, hopefully with some money that you've saved. Was that yeah. the plan? That was the plan. At 17. That, yeah. <laughs> that is a fascinating story. So continue. What happened? Yeah, so then, uh, so then I came here, and uh, so it was also, you know, uh, uh, so kind of overall when we did that analysis, okay, this is, you know, uh, and then on one side, it was, okay, I had to do something, right? Right, right. It, Do something to kind of, you know, go to the, do something in life. And on the other side, there was, again, that turbulence going on, and so we were leaning towards, um, first of all, before this temple visit, uh, Russia or here, but when it was from the temple that decision made, then mm. this was the only direction that I wanted to take, no matter mm. what happens. And so I came here and then I came here in 1993, October. And that's where I started working uh, for uh, a gas station here in New Jersey. Uh, New Jersey is a full service, so I was pumping gas. Uh, that was the job that, you know, so there were like a couple of people from uh, close nearby villages that I knew. So that's, that's how I chose to come to Jersey City. Okay. Because they were right. 
and I started living with them. They were working at gas stations or some uh, were driving taxis. So we were like five roommates sharing two bedrooms and sleeping on the floor. Wow. They, yeah, so uh, there uh, so there was a guy uh, driving yellow cab in New York City and then guys working at a gas station because I didn't have a license. The only option I had was start working at the gas station. So I worked there for a year. And that's when I, within that year, I got my license and I was able to, so that was like, you know, now 18 and a half. Uh, and, and that's where I, you know, uh, started kind of uh, thinking of uh, doing other things. So he comes to the United States, lives in a crowded two-room um, complex, and starts working at a gas station as a 17-year-old. What is it that drives somebody to, to come across the world, literally, with nothing, and then find work as in a gas station all the while, and, and you'll hear this in just a minute, so lean into this, all the while literally giving your money away, giving it back to your family. Um, just an amazing character. So in the second year, uh, I uh, started uh, working, I mean, uh, preparing for the New York City uh, yellow cab because uh, English now it was again in the in the villages they don't teach you English until uh, sixth grade so your English like learning ABC starts in the sixth grade and just even going to TLC the taxi and limousine commission it was a two-week class and you had to you have to know English you have to be able to speak you have to be able to kind of at that time there was no Google map right talking about <laughs> right and uh, you kind of learning all the, you know, the map and, and learning New York City before you get that license. So it's, it was mm -hmm. a journey, hard work to get even New York City license. But that was like, you know, you're making $4 an hour to, from a ga uh, gas station. And here you're probably making like four or $5,000 a month cash. With you. If you're working like seven days, uh, 12 hours, then you can make that much potential. Wow. Yeah, so that's what I chose. I kind of... Um, started driving New York City uh, yellow cab. And I drove that. And then there was another uh, kind of, again, uh, a, a, a little setback there where, um, but, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to get into that uh, piece, but um, it was struggle in the beginning. Yeah. You had a struggle, okay. First, like two, three years was really, really hard. And it was mainly kind of, uh, you know, stuff going back home with, with, sure. with, with this, uh, you know, with the family, like every day worried about my father and my family that someone is, there were a lot of uh, families that were uh, killed uh, just because they happened to be working uh, for the state. Um, mm. Mm. And yeah, so then uh, that I saved some money and my dream was that I wanted my father to be the first person to buy a car in the village, nearby villages. So mm -hmm. I worked so hard to save that money, not only kind of, you know, helped him with money that he kind of, uh, 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 he, he got loaned to kind of help me come here. And then I kind of sent him and the, the, the best day for me in the, my first three years was the day my dad, uh, he, you know, he bought a car. 
a very nice car that was the car of the wow. kind of the top and you know the <laughs> really right. nice car and that made me so happy and then i asked father father i really wanted to i want to i want to complete my college and if you allow me uh, now do you need more money or can i can i now save some money and uh, prepare for my college <laughs> Unbelievable. So you ask your dad, you ask your father, father, yes, may I save money for myself now that I've provided money for you and you were able to help him and provide for him a new car. And he said, yeah, no, he said, if that's, you're serious about going to college and finishing your college, go ahead. And that was more of a, you know, a lot of, it's, again, you're, you don't know anyone, uh, the people around you either kind of, you know, taxi drivers or gas station attendants. And so it was more, the journey was you drive a couple of years a cab and then you buy a business like a gas station or something right. else. Yep. That was, you know, like a, either that or going to college. And my father said, you know, here you're making now four or $5,000 a month. I mean, that's a good option that you have. And I'm like, you know, uh, father, yes. Uh, but, you know, making money here, I don't think it's a problem. Even, uh, you know, street vendors, when they're selling like, you know, fruits or anything in New York City, they're making a lot of money. But I really, I really want to educate myself. And education was really at the top. And I'm like, mm. I'm okay to give up this four or $5,000 cash income for the next four years to pay for, I mean, to, to get education. So I gave wow. up on that income, made a decision to slow down before going fast in life. Love and it. that was like four or five, four years, four years it took me to drive cab, go to college in the daytime and uh, really complete my computer engineering. What a story. Uh, we're going to stop right here uh, because I want you to come back for part two. We, we've got... Uh, the Sunny story all the way up to he was a cab driver, uh, making money, sending it back to his family. The happiest day, he said, of his life was when he could uh, see his dad buy a new car with the money that Sonny had made and, and sent back to him. Uh, what a selfless individual. What, what a true leader. What a true person who honors his parents and, um, and worked his way. Now he's worked his way through. He's, he said, you know, I, with the permission of his dad... He has now decided he's going to college, and uh, he's saving up money, driving that cab, and we're going to learn in part two how he made his way from uh, being a, a taxi driver to being a CEO at a tech company, from taxi to tech. But, but for now, I hope that you enjoyed this story. Uh, what an amazing journey Sonny Kalea has, and uh, the things that drive him, honesty, being a good person, his faith, honoring his, his family. Uh, and, and obviously that incredible work ethic, really, I mean, crossing the line jargon, it's, uh, he's leading from his heart. And he knew he had to cross that line now and lead from his head because he had to have those resources to continue to lead. So, so next time, in part two, we're going to hear how he develops that skill set and becomes this great leader that he is today. But I hope that you've enjoyed his story I hope that you've taken away some nuggets of truth uh, throughout this story, leaving in the face of terrorism uh, to, to come to the United States 
in order to to um, uh, to become educated and then to develop this fantastic company IT by design that um, you'll want to check out and uh, you want to uh, in- investigate for yourself. Thank you uh, for listening. I hope that you will join us for part two. In the meantime, I hope that you will continue crossing that line, uh, leading with your head and leading with your heart and leading with your heart and leading with your head in order to make a difference in the lives of those you love, live with, and lead. See you next time.